camp on Awana. Oh, sorry. Wrong show. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Friday Night Live with your hosts, Ben and Rob. By the end of each week, we've always found a lot of weird and funny things in our research. So we thought we'd put it all together on Fridays where we all get to hang out. This week, we have some really cool stuff. Yeah. Ever wondered why we celebrate New Year's in January? Ever wondered what the secret reason is? Why it was moved to this date? Well, we're going to talk about that. There's also the Shag Harbor UFO encounter that's pretty strange. There's a cursed painting that's resurfaced and it's making people nervous. And there's a goblin that was spotted in Argentina and a lost realm that was found underwater. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there is. And with our live Q&A and the top 10 weirder news of the week, the segments in tonight's Friday Night Live are going to be pretty interesting to say the least. So you'll definitely want to hear them all. So we'll see you out on the edge. I just realized I forgot to turn on my lightsabers. <laughs> oh, come on, Ben. Stop the show. Stop the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it a little later. Sorry. Um, anyway, how are you doing, Rob? Yeah, good. Good. How are you? Doing, yeah, doing pretty well. Lots. Well, I mean, it is true. Like, a lot of really crazy stuff happened this week. And we can only cover, like, a percentage of it. So some of it's going to have to be on Tuesday, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, the uh, potential aliens in Miami? <laughs> yeah, well, right. I mean... Uh yeah, exactly. And yeah, then... I've, I, I'm really diving into that. And like, I, I, I was thinking like we could talk about it, but I still there's still a lot of coming co information coming out and, and it's hard, you know, from both sides. And I'm, I'm trying to reach my contacts in Miami. I've talked to some people, but they don't they're like, I don't know. I just saw a bunch of police. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, we'll just leave it at that because like yeah. we can go on for this for a while, but it's like we should probably wait till Tuesday to talk. Yeah, about let's it. wait. We'll so we'll talk about that on Tuesday. It's yeah, and then you know there was this like Cat Williams interview that was like totally nuts. Like, dude, whoa! Like he talks about all kinds of crazy stuff in that interview. If you haven't seen that yet, you might want to. He like it's like he's a really just straight guy like straight edge guy you know like he just kind of tells it like it is and it's it was pretty interesting but um if you guys are out there are listening to this edge of wonder podcast on spotify apple podcast or elsewhere uh yeah think about leaving us a five-star rating and review it'll help us reach more people and remember to like follow and subscribe did you hear that like follow and subscribe here on youtube rumble ganjing world twitter facebook wherever it actually helps the channel a lot so we'd appreciate it Intense. but hey more on to more important things like goblins in Argentina. This is yeah, this video is weird to say the least. So, um, I mean, it, it just you know, there's this been a lot of activity the scene like that's been happening in South America. So, uh, and this is just what did one you of those say you shorted a little bit when you said that there's what in South America? There's oh, a lot, a lot of weird, um, like in South America. There yeah. seems to be a lot of like weird activity, oh, like, right? Like, related, yeah, we, related to like weird things or um, like chupacabra kind of stuff to aliens. You know, st I'm still fascinated by the Peruvian um, these like alien attacks that are still going on that no one's yeah. covering at all. But this just adds more fuel to the fire of the uh, what is this? You know, and and like this is the thing no one really knows you know they're calling this a goblin but okay watch this video okay. now there's a dog over there yeah and the dogs are barking at this thing what is that yeah that's not a like a little kid running through the the it, lawn or something yeah and i think it, it zooms in here in a minute and the weird thing is it Grant, this thing is running fast, right? So it could be potentially an animal, but it looks like it doesn't. It, it looks what? like it's running almost on its hind legs. <laughs> is that? And the thing is, it's like it. You can't stabilize it. If this thing was like a some kind of animal or 
like a dog or something, you could freeze it and see that, okay, yeah, that's a dog, right? But this thing is like blurry. It's almost like moving in another dimension or something. Yeah, like phasing in and out kind of. And it's just this like shadow thing that's moving really fast. And the dogs obviously see it. So it, it's there. It really is truly there. It's not something that's just, uh, you know, added later or something like that. So, but why that dog seems to just be standing there. Is he barking? Is I, there... Yeah, they're barking at it. Actually, they they really are. It, it is fast. You know what it looks like, guys. What does it look like? My first grade teacher, Mrs. Burns. Naruto. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it, Naruto. That's funny. Probably. Actually, Mrs. Burns was a really sweet lady, but she was short like that goblin. It's the only thing. Yeah, anyway, so I don't know, but, um, you know, and then all the stuff that's been going on in Miami, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot more of this stuff is going to show up. So I'll see if there's any other uh, information related to this, but definitely we'll have more of this kind of stuff on our weirder news later. Oh, yeah, show, yeah. So. You guys like weird news, just wait, because the end of the show gets pretty crazy. <laughs> it does. And uh, speaking of which, we extended our holiday sale to the seventh so you still can get 25 percent off of the yearly plan which comes to about seven bucks a month which is you know basically a cup of coffee these days <laughs> exactly <laughs> i actually got coffee uh it was like somewhere recently it was just like a grande coffee and it just came to like six dollars and fifty cents and i'm like yeah man i know everything is so crazy right now it's like you go to Chipotle and you're paying like 20 bucks for a burrito bowl. And yeah, you're like, dude, you this are. used to be 750. Mm -hmm. Like literally a few years ago, it was 750, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, um, we have a metaphysical minute for you guys. Yeah. So check this out, a lost ancient realm populated by millions of people has been found at the bottom of, an, of the ocean after being drowned 18,000 years ago. This is uh, the U.S. Sun, which is the sun.com. Millions of people may have lived in a lost colony that was submerged by the Pacific Ocean thousands of years ago, a new study found. <clears throat> researchers are discovering stone tools and other signs of human life on the northwest shelf of Australia. Around 18,000 years ago, Greater Australia, Tasmania, and New Guinea had a much greater landmass, making up a paleo continent known as Sahul. Weird name. But after the last ice age came and went, sea levels rose and flooded the lands. This means that the islands off the northwest coast of Australia used to have a landmass of around 150,000 square miles, one and a half times larger than New Zealand. It was previously thought that this land was inhospitable, but researchers have uncovered archaeological evidence that shows the First Nations, or yeah, uh, indigenous people could have briefly lived there. So these are the indigenous people to that area. Stone tools have been discovered on the seafloor at the shelf, indicating that indigenous populations passed through at some point. It's unclear how large the settlement was, but modeling revealed the drowned shelf could have supported between 50,000 and 500,000 people. Yeah. Now, you guys should know a few things. We have our metaphysical shop up, which has a bunch of really cool new t-shirts that yours truly designed himself. We've got Skinwalkers. We've got Mothman. We've got Bigfoot. We've even got the Loch Ness Monster on there. <laughs> So you should definitely buy your cryptid t-shirt now. Just go to shopmetaphysical.com and check out all of our merch. You can buy stickers, you can buy mugs, and they're really cool shirts. Also, the Metaphysical Podcast, if you didn't know, is our podcast um, on YouTube. You can check that out on YouTube. Just go to, I think it is, um, is it The Metaphysical on YouTube? Anyway, type in metaphysical, we'll pop up. And uh, we're publishing on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week on uh, metaphysical. And that content will definitely blow your mind. We uncover all kinds of mysteries over there. 
All right. Very cool. <clears throat> well, okay. So I guess we'll get into our uh, kind of the some of the major topics that we're going to be covering, such as like, you know, the, the New Year's. Why is it that we celebrate the New Year's on January 1st? Well, believe it or not, it didn't wasn't always that way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. In fact, um, once upon a time, it seemed that we actually had we did we really truly had a 13 month calendar. And um, and then it was changed. Why and though? Why would what? Why? Pope Gregory the Thirteenth is the one who is behind it. So what happened? Uh, the, the official story is the well, so the Gregorian calendar. Gregorian calendar. Yeah, yeah. What well, we and that and I guess that comes from Gregory's name, Pope Gregory yeah. the, the you know the thirteenth or whatever. Um, so he actually put in a decree decree in. Uh, 1582 to correct an error in the Julian calendar, which was what was being used at the time through um, Julius Caesar. And I guess there was a, a, over time, an error was causing the, basically the, from the calculation date of uh, Easter, it was creating a problem where the days were, um, I think there were too long. And so the calendar was like, Anyway, it seemed to be messed up, according to this, you know, at least Pope Gregory, you know, what this is, is what this weird man on this coin. I don't even. Oh, yeah. It's it's two two heads. Yeah. He's got a head growing out of a head. <laughs> well, the Julian calendar was based on the basically it was three hundred and sixty five point two five days. So it was slightly a little bit too long. And so over the centuries the story is that it was it drifted out of um uh out of alignment with the earth's yeah. orbit you know so i mean this is the story so then pope gregory got with his scientific advisors and then they, they added 10 excess leap days and th and then this also kind of goes with the council of nicaea because what's weird is that that's the day that they established Easter. And so traditionally, um, the calendar always started on April 1st. And which is like, you know, Easter, like it's, it's unknown the exact day. Like actually Easter has its own day. So there was 164 days in the year and then one day of Easter. <laughs> So, so it, it, it's kind of confusing what that day is. It looks like it was between March and April. So, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then the Gregorian calendar then was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to formalize January 1st as the start of every year, which really doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it, it does in a certain sense, you know, because it's like, well, it's the beginning of the year, but that's only the beginning of the year because they said that was the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's the beginning of the year. But then it's like to everybody else, April 1st was the beginning of the year. So then we're like, oh, we'll just change the beginning of the year and get rid of 13 months and kind of change things around. But why not change? Why not just change it to the Gregorian ish calendar and adjust things and still make the new year April 1st? April like, 1st. Because it's spring. Like, Yes. You know, it's not like if you think about it, winter would be the last. It's like death. And then there's the renewal, which is spring. So why not make the new year then? It doesn't make sense. And believe it or not, there is a massive conspiracy plot that the Catholic Church did that as a way to um, <laughs> get rid of the uh, the Protestants. <laughs> That's how what would, the why, how would that get rid of Protestants? Well, not get rid of them, but basically um, reject their belief system. So it's like we're we're going to completely reject you so much that we're going to change our entire calendar um, because they were still kind of following the the um, the other calendar, you know. So that I mean, whether that's true or not, it, you know, it, it's hard to say. What's so fascinating, though, mm. is that um, America and Britain, uh, they they didn't 
adopt it. They didn't adopt the Gregorian calendar until about 200 years later. So it wasn't until 1752, really, that it became the official calendar for everybody. Well, so, in 1776 is when America was officially established. So this yes. is kind of before that time. Yeah. And actually, the um, the astrology comes in as a very important thing that they used um, by the uh, when the yeah, right when they were signing it and also like, you know, developing the United States of America, you know, and, and there's, there's a whole thing of why they chose uh, July 4th, even, you know, <laughs> as the day, but um, yeah, so it, it's, all of this is kind of, and then have you heard of something called the phantom time conspiracy? No, but I really want to hear about this. Yeah, you know what's so funny is I have this conspiracy card game, and this is one of the questions that came up, and I knew nothing about it. So <laughs> I probably have heard of this. I just don't remember the title. What is it exactly? Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to have to look into this. Um, so basically, this was proposed by a Dr. Hans Jörg uh, uh, Nimitz, and it really goes into a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, um, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly uh, Byzantine Emperor Constantine to fabricate the um, Anno Domini dating system, which means the year of the Lord. I hope I'm saying that right. But uh, basically it was to essentially rewrite history in the year uh, 1000. And so the conspiracy is that 300 years are missing. And I have I heard have that. To, yes. Yeah. And I, and I have to admit, like kind of looking into this, I can see both perspectives on this. And he, he, in that document that Lindsay pulled up, it's very detailed on why he believes this is true. Um, one, I mean, according to what he said, that there is some um, the scarcity of archaeological evidence can be readily dated between the periods of 600 and 900. Um, that the dating methods used for such recent periods, radio, radiometry and um, uh, dendrochronology, which is uh, how they, when they take trees and look at the rings of the trees, you know, yes. and, and look at that. So that that's another thing that they bring up that this technique um, was more recent and it looks like there's a jump in time if you go back and look at these kind of things with with the rings of the trees that medieval historians rely too much on written sources um romanesque architecture in the 10th century western europe suggests that the roman era was not long ago as conventionally thought meaning that it, it might have happened more recently than what we think and then of course the gregorian calendar is the big one and that there is a dis discrepancy of 13 days between the Julian calendar, calendar and then um, the Gregorian calendar. And so that that's that's the thing that, that they're kind of going on is that something changed and that this concludes that the AD era had originally counted for three centuries, which never existed. So. Um, now it's, it's hard to say if, you know, I mean, obviously scientific community out there is like, well, you know, the evidence points that this isn't true. Um, but you know, but the thing is when you look at each culture, they all had their own calendar system. So that's why it's really hard to say like exactly if this is true or not, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if this is, then then it's like, okay, why is this the case? Well, it goes back to your question, like, why would they change all of this, right? I mean, is it possible that they did this to more refine history and the way that they want to refine it, especially the Catholic Church really seemed to do this? And there was a lot of weird things that were happening within the Catholic Church around this time, actually. Mm. So, um, the, yeah, anyway. So that's that, that that's what this basically this whole thing of the um 
the Phantom's Heim conspiracy. So yeah, it's this is really interesting. That. Like if that, so if this was true, what year would we be living in now? Like where would we be around the 1700s sometime? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, yeah. Around the 1700s. So the, in other words, like 300 years. I, I mean, you still had the 17 or the seven hundred AD or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just different. It's like the time has shifted a little bit. And, and that's where some people are like, well, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that really happened that way. You know, it's, and that's why th this calendar system is so, is very complex because every culture had a different system. Although if you just look at the sun, I mean, they all, they all had 365 days. That was a very standard thing. No matter what calendar system you looked at, it was just how they broke it down through the year changed. And um, we're going to get into the, like the Chinese aspect, but I th it really is more like the Chinese were the most precise out of most of the cultures out there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That because they, 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 and, and actually the Julian calendar was pretty precise too, because, you know, realistically, and, and people have proposed this too, going back to a 13th month period or um, calendar, which actually makes more sense because each day or each month has about 28 days in it. And then you have one, one day extra, which is the day of Easter. So, yeah, which actually, yeah, it could make sense. And if it starts to shift, wouldn't you just add in a leap year? Kind of like we do in the Gregorian. Right, kind of like what we do. Yeah. That, that, that seems to be the, the best thing the to do. Thing, I mean, the other thing about the Julian calendar that differs from the Gregorian is the Julian calendar was really revolved around these solstices a lot. Yes. And like, yeah. And actually here, if you want to read about the Roman uh, Julian calendar here, you, you could read that um, in Egypt, actually. Well, right before that, I guess in sure, Egypt, their, um, their year started in July, actually. Which could uh, which honestly makes even less sense than it starting in January. <laughs> but if you look at if you think about July being the founding of uh, America and how it related mm. back to Egypt so strongly, you know, with all the symbolism and everything else. That's uh, weird, Ben. It makes you wonder if that's the real reason why we celebrate July. So are you July? Are you saying that you think that the new year in Egypt started on July 4th? I don't know if those it, it they they believed it was around mid July because it began with the star Sirius when the Sirius are you star, <laughs> I am serious. <gasps> when it was the brightest in the sky and um well, I guess when it when it the, a new year began when Sirius the brightest star in the sky appeared around mid July. I see. So it all so, revolved around Sirius. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And the, the, um, the ancient Egyptians had a 12 month calendar with basically 30 days hmm. and they would celebrate the new year for five days before beginning the first month to um, maintain the lunar cycle. So yeah, it makes you wonder if a couple of days just like disappeared from our, yeah from our existence somewhere <laughs> or if the earth started spinning faster or if some, you know, something massive happened, but yeah. Anyway, I just found that kind of fascinating about, yeah, the, uh, totally. So, about, you know, but the Romans. Yeah. So for the Romans, the earliest known calendars there um, established by that first King they had Romulus. Um, it began in uh, Martius, which would become March. Yeah, it's where we get um, the term March. Yeah, right. That must Martius must be because this was Mars. So this must be the god of war. I can only I can only imagine. Uh, but it only ran this only ran for 304 days or 10 months with an unassigned winter period between years. Um, around the 7th century BC, ancient Rome's second king, Numa uh, Populus, I guess, Populus, hard to pronounce, actually added 50 days to the calendar year to cover the winter period and divided the year unevenly into 12 months, adding um, Lenarius to honor the god of beginnings, Janus. That's an I, Rob. I'm sorry, what is? 
That's not an L. It's Ianarius. Oh, Ianarius. Like, I'm sorry. Because the I is like a J, like gotcha. January. So which is where we, which is how we get the term January. Yeah. Ianarius. Sorry, mm -hmm. I totally read that as an as a lowercase L there. Um. So yeah, this was uh this was to honor the god of beginnings, uh, Janus, and Februarius to mm -hmm. reference the purification festival called Februa during that month. It's interesting to learn about these things, right? So by 153 BC, the inauguration of the new consuls was moved to Ionarius, although this was not fixed. Okay, so if you're still with me, the Roman calendar year was ostensibly lunar-based. That's what we were just yes. talking about. Yes. But with a moon phase cycle lasting 29.5 days. The calendar sometimes fell out of sync to the point that an additional month had to be introduced, which was Mer Mercedonius every so often to get back on track. So this Mercedonius would be introduced when it needed to get back on track. So a 13th month calendar was born with each month having about 28 days. Which, which actually makes the most sense. It really does. <laughs> It's yeah. like, why do we have these random months with like February having 28 days and, you know, July having 31 days? Like, it really doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when when Julius Caesar became dictator of Rome in 46 BC, he sought advice from astronomers and mathematician. Um, help me out here, Lindsay. Is that Sausaginus? I don't actually know. Maybe. Sausage, sausage, sausage. Genies, yeah, excuse me, but I, I like I like sausage genies <laughs> because it makes me hungry. That was his nickname. Yeah, so to make up a new calendar based on the sun. So this guy made a calendar based on the sun. By 45 BC, the new Julian calendar was created, but there is much debate about when the first of the year began. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I, I still think that they were celebrating it in the spring for probably the spring um, solstice uh, or equinox. Yeah. Um, which makes most sense, right? It's like you're celebrating spring. Like that should really be the beginning of the new year, the spring, right? Not, 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 not dead winter. <laughs> so yeah. And believe it or not in 1920 East or George Eastman of Eastman Kodak, he organized a campaign um, once again, based on a 13th month calendar and the 20 or 13 month year calendar with 28 days in each month. And he called it the international fixed calendar. So, I mean, obviously this didn't, uh, go over, you know, and it was never, uh, incorporated, but basically he did say that, so there would be 364 days and he called the last day, a null day or a zero day or the first day of the year is always the first day. and well the first day of the week would be um a sunday always a sunday the first day of the week which actually makes sense too so it's like you're starting a new week right and then like like this year we're starting a new year and it's it was what like monday or whatever and it's just so strange <laughs> yeah it makes the most sense to have it a does. new year's just on have one sunday. day blank per year yeah, yeah, it just throws everything off. And then when like Christmas and New Year's falls on a Wednesday, it's like the worst day of the week because it's like everyone's working Monday, they have Tuesday off, then they have Wednesday off, and then it's like you have to go back on Thursday and it's just it's it's a very strange thing. Yeah, and then or, every day would be calculated. I mean, every holiday would be yeah. calculated and expected on the same day. Right. Yeah. Every year. And, and and it is it's like really intense having New Year's and Christmas within this, like within a week. So, but, the, but obviously China, it's very different with the new, with the lunar calendar. So we're going to show a trailer and then we get back, we'll get into what China does, which is very different. Hidden beneath the Sphinx, there are whispers of a secret tucked away in Antarctica, far from the modern world. Our ancient monuments and classified military operations. Pyramids found all around the globe may be covering up more than the ancient civilization of Egypt. 
but go back, back all the way to Atlantis. What if we uncovered the truth about ancient Atlantis, Antarctica, and Egypt, and how their secrets may change everything we think we know about history? Advanced technology, psychic predictions come true, a Nazi search, and pyramids. Hollow Earth, warm oases, secret military operations, and pyramids, sacred geometry, the Sphinx's hidden treasure, elongated skulls, and the most famous pyramids of all. What do the secrets of our past mean for humanity today? Find out in Edge of Wonders series. Ancient Civilizations. All right, you guys, you can find that over on uh, our Rise.TV platform, along with all the other amazing episodes that we've created, probably over 400 of them now. So, <laughs> yeah, some of them you can find on YouTube and uh, some of the other ones you can only find on Rise TV. So, all right, we have the um, chi in China, the Lunar New Year. And, um, you know, they still celebrate the Chinese New Year. And actually, it's even gotten more popular in Western culture, where now it's almost become a national holiday, I would say, the Chinese New Year. The Chinese New Year. A lot of stores celebrate it. A lot of businesses celebrate it now because there's so many Chinese people over here. And it's so massive in China that um, people will take off for a whole week. It, it's like bigger than Christmas, New Year's and Thanksgiving combined. Um, if, if you can imagine that. I mean, it's it's yeah, that's how big it is over there. And um, there's so many legends about where it came from and. Um, one of them was a monster named um, Nian or Year. That's what Nian means, Year. And it would attack villagers beginning of each year. And the monster was afraid of loud noises and bright lights. And so, and supposedly the color red, I don't know if that's part of it or not, but that's why they light firecrackers for their new year all the time. So. Mm. And have the lanterns and big festivals and everything else supposedly to drive the monster away. So the ancient Chinese people divided the year into 24 parts. And it was a 24 um, lunar uh, or oh, solar term days. So they called it Jia Qi. Jia Qi in Chinese. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess Chia is like, Qi is just like energy. So like year energy. Anyway, the solar terms are um, strictly based on the position of the sun and used to give instructions and directions for all life of different aspects. So that's why it was important to them because each season there was a massive change and then how they would, you know, go about their life basically would, would dictate that. Um, so Li Chun it is really like the first solar term of the year. And that's like the beginning of spring. So that's the big celebration that they have. Like the leech on it's, it's like the Chinese official Chinese new year, but it changes every single year on what day it is depending really? on. Yeah. So usually it's late January, sometimes early February. I think this year it's like February 4th or something. How do they determine when it is? You know, to be honest, um, I, I will. Oh, oh, it goes along with this with the moon in this case. So it, it's the uh, I think it's when there's a full moon The it, I, it might be. I'm trying to remember if it's the first full moon of the year or the second full moon of the year mm. that they that that well, I mean, what we would consider the year. Right. 
So, I mean, it's actually for them, I guess it would be the first full moon of the year, <laughs> which, which would be like, you know, with again, going by their calendar is the end of January sometime in February. So the first full moon, whatever it is in January or February, that's when the first year is, is, mm -hmm. so it changes each, each year. It's not uh, like one date. That's why they celebrate it for like, you know, five days long. Right. So, um, Chun Fun. Uh, th this is another cycle, a period of the, of the year when the sun reaches the longitude of zero, making day and night the same length. So mm. I, I imagine this is kind of like our, uh, what is it? Our, um, the summer. Well, no, that's would be right. Cause this is right in the middle. Any, like you're talking about it. Are you talking about an equinox? Yeah. Cause right. Like the, that's the longest day of the year for us. No, the, the longest day of the year for us is the solstice, the summer solstice. That's yeah. um, June 21st. And that's that might be when this so, roughly. No, this is this that. is right in the center. This is when when you've got the the sun reaches, the long, it makes the day and the night the exact same length. Oh, so we yes, have to be somewhere right. in the middle there. Yeah, you're right. Like mid year somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there'd be two of those. There would there would be two of these a year. There would be one as you're going. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yes. So it usually starts around March 20th. Right. And ends around April 5th. So again, this isn't, this day isn't set in stone. Like for, like for us, the equinox is always like roughly the same day, but this is different. So yeah. So March 20th ends around April 5th. And this is the day when the sun is exactly the, the celestial longitude of zero degrees. So that's pretty cool. And um, they they say that you could take it like on this day, you could take an egg and make it stand on its point only on this day. Something weird about it. So Is that true? I wonder. I don't know. I'd like to try we that. We need to find out when Chun Fun is so we can have some <laughs> Chun Fun trying to get an egg to balance <laughs> on itself. Um, I'm trying to see when, when oh yeah, it's going to be soon. When When is it? Uh, I'm trying to see when it begins. Uh, this, this calendar doesn't say. Yeah, it's sometime anyway. Yeah, we have to find that and figure out when that is for this year well fine. i'll figure it maybe you yeah. can look that up for us yeah but can you know you it again, please? interesting what can you say it again chun fun <laughs> right here well just when it is for 2024 because it, it changes each year and this calendar i'm looking at ends on it, it ended in 2020 it doesn't give any more information after 2020 march to april march 19th through april 4th yeah okay <laughs> but there's a certain day that it wanted i don't know anyway it's kind of interesting we'll have to find wait a minute out. wait a minute if there were 13 months in some of these calendars there was a 13th zodiac sign yep how do you pronounce this ben uh <laughs> uh, focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch your mouth, my friend. Watch your mouth. Ophiuchus. Ophiuchus. I don't know. Ophiuchus. Anyway, uh, de depending on, I guess, how you want to, where you're coming from. But anyway, yeah, so this has been suggested as the 13th astrological sign. You know, of course, there's 12 signs of the zodiac but this um a fucus or a fu you a fu ophiuchus 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 however you want to pronounce it it's also known as the serpent bearer and it basically is a dude that's like grabbed hold of a serpent and between november 29th to december 18th which is technically um coming out of Scorpio into Sagittarius, but um, this Ophiuchus is, the, the sun is technically in between Sagittarius and um, Ophiuchus when you, when you look at the sky and you look at the position of the sun. So they said that there used to be this 13th zodiac sign. And then when the calendar was changed, I guess this was changed too. 
So, but this big, this brings up a massive question, right? Because if we change our whole calendar system, what happens to our birthdays? That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> we don't know what our sign is anymore. <laughs> That's the other aspect too. It's like, well, we were born on this specific day, but then maybe depending on what calendar you are, you know, it's not yeah. quite the same. And how many people out there are Ophiuchus? You know, <laughs> that's what I would like to know. You and actually, be the people... because your birthday's in March. My birthday's in March. Yeah. Yeah. So you could be an Ophiuchus. No, 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 no. The Ophiuchus is mostly through November to December. Oh. So, so it's like, it's like the, the signs are a little bit shortened. And actually, you would shorten each sign. And, and actually, it's true. Each sign pretty much ends on the 20. 25th 26 really each each sign and then it goes into the next cycle of the signs and there's like a, a cusp where it's in between two signs like for example if i'm born on march but let's say at the end of march then it would be aries so it's like a cusp between pisces and aries so you would kind of get rid of that cusp and then it would just be like oh we're going to shorten short or add an extra zodiac sign the zodiac signs get a little shortened and then like yeah, everyone's kind of on the same page there if that happens. So it, it, this would really change everything. And I think at this point, because our computer systems and way of life and everything, it would it would it, it would probably be Y2K all over again <laughs> if we did this. No, I, Can you imagine? I feel, I feel like what was Ophiuchus? Like, why did they get rid of that sign? Like, is this a is this a larger conspiracy? It, I don't I, I, think uh, that it's a sign. Um, I know this is just Wikipedia, but I think it's a constellation that well, is missing from the 12 signs, but that's because not all of the constellations align exactly with their zodiac signs. So it's not Ooh. that this is an additional zodiac, it's an additional constellation. Well, well, the zodiac, see, the, the astrology goes well, through the, the sun signs, right? How the sun goes into each each constellation which is why we have the zodiac so there's so many constellations right wait a minute wait a minute how many zodiac signs do we have right now right now today technically 12. okay right. so if there was yeah. an added 13th month we'd have an extra zodiac sign yeah which would be this one correctly am i right well not necessarily because that constellation is there right now yeah and i know there are only now, a certain these constellations of are there right now yeah they're all constellations. That's but what I'm saying, Lindsay, is that the sun, the sun is between this constellation and Sagittarius between the months of November and December. Right. So you could technically say that this could be a part of the Zodiac. Like, for example, like Draco, the sun doesn't go through the Draco constellation, so it's not part of the Zodiac. Does that make sense? <laughs> I feel like I'm learning a lot today and also have more <laughs> questions than when I came in. <laughs> so the so the sun signs are what the with like you know how the sun moves around the sky, right? Well, it goes through certain constellations and the only constellations that it really technically goes through are the zodiac signs. But as it's shifting between the zodiac signs, there's a couple constellations that you could say it does kind of go through. One of them being this, um, however you pronounce it. What do we say again? Oh, Ophiuchus. Yes. So I feel like I keep wanting to say Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we should get on to this uh, anyway. Shack Harbor UFO. And before we do that, though, we got to get to a trailer. We're going to check out a trailer right now and then get on to all kinds of fun stuff with the Shag Harbor UFO. And, you know, we've got this cursed painting and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, and the the what's big about the Shag Harbor UFO was that just recently a deathbed confession came out and the person died. So, um, well, supposedly he died. So wow. we'll hear. That's what we'll hear about. And that's what. Right. That's kind of the breaking news about it. So stay tuned. I didn't want to go public without evidence because I knew no one would believe me. The entire incident happened about five to six minutes in total. And my mom shouts really loud, oh my God, what is that? 
What is that? At no point did the two men in black or the Air Force gentleman ask my mother or her friends what did they see. They looked human, but they did weird things. The men in black, they said, you will report it as a helicopter crash or we will take your son away. The men in black play the narrative and the media outlets skew it back out. This was 1991 Project Mockingbird in full effect. Art Ape, Art Human Hybrid, Cyborgs and Terminator Technology, already existing, sentient robots becoming indistinguishable from people. No, it's not the plot of the new Matrix movie. This is our reality, a transhumanist one. How does transcending humanism tie into eugenics, Darwinism, and even cloning? Is there any part of our world that transhumanism hasn't touched? Is resistance futile? How can we rage against the machine? Welcome back. Hey yep, you can find that all those series over on our rise.tv platform. And uh, real quick, before we go into the, the Shag Harbor thing, I, I think there was just some confusion. So just real fast with the astrology thing, like I was born in Pisces, right? So when I was born, the sun is in Pisces, then it moves to Aries, then it moves to Taurus, then it moves to Gemini and then uh, Cancer and so on and so on. You know, and that's that's how we get the uh, signs of the Zodiac for the sun, the sun signs. So anyway. And then whatever the moon is, the moon also follows the same zodiac. So the sun and the moon go through the same zodiac signs. And that's what's also really interesting. How would that even be possible unless? <laughs> right. That's a whole rabbit hole in itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of weird phenomena and UFOs, you want to talk about this one, Rob? Yeah. So this Shag Harbor UFO. So an anonymous witness of this Shag Harbor UFO shared a deathbed confession. This was on Unexplained Mysteries. Now, check this out. What happened? So the Shag Harbor UFO incident was the reported impact of an unknown large object into waters near Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia on October 4th, 1967. The reports were investigated by various Canadian civilian and military Canadian forces like Navy and the Air Force, as well as the U.S. Condon Committee. Pilots whatever, of whatever that is. I don't, what? Know what that is. I don't even know what that is. So whatever yeah, that is. Um, I think this is um air. I believe this is one of the air um like departments, but I'm not don't quote me on that. Pilots of Air Canada Flight 305 noticed that there was something strange out the left side of the aircraft at 17 715 p.m. They described it as a like brilliantly lit rectangular object with a string of smaller lights trailing it. So at 7.19 p.m., this is four minutes later, the pilots noticed a sizable silent explosion near the large object. Like, can you imagine a silent explosion? Like, that is crazy, dude. <laughs> like, multiple witnesses reported hearing a whistling sound like a bomb, then a whoosh, and finally a loud bang. So an entire crew, including the captain, watched on the deck of their ship the same as the pilots described and even radioed in asking what it was. They described it as a rectangular formation. 
that's weird stuff. Yeah, it was. And then, and then it like hit the water, I guess, from there. So what happened recently, I guess this witness only known as John Doe, um, he said he waited 50 years to get this out and that he was dying. And so he finally wanted this photo to be released. And uh, th there's been no photos publicly of this thing. And all media really were reporting on it back in 1967. And there, there was like, because so many, so many people were involved, like so many different people within the military, within the, um, um, I, like whatever the coast guard is of Canada and like all, all of that, like every, there was just like all these different people that were involved. And right. so, and this is the, re, this is the official report when it first happened. And then it, re, it, it, then it just like disappeared beneath like the waters when it crashed, I guess. And it was very silent. So they even had Canadian divers to try to locate it on the seafloor, but there was no trace or at least what we know of, there's been no trace of it ever right, found. Right, right, right. You know, they, wink, they, wink. yeah, yeah. It's like, who knows whether they actually found it or not. The whole thing was just described as this unexplained event that happened. And this guy, he sent an email to Unexplained Mysteries and said, you know, he wanted to share his experience. And so to, to prove he was one of the witnesses, he, he, that's the photo that he, he turned in. So this is what he said in his email. He said, quote, this was a large, brilliant, lit, rectangular shaped object. It came out of the water and ascended into the sky and quickly disappeared. This photograph was taken roughly 30 miles away from Shag Harbor about a week after the incident started. So there was more than one incident with this, but the, the one that, that crashed is the one that everyone know, knows of. And then he goes on to say, as I'm aware, in the best of my knowledge, no man-made aircraft or submarines possessing such technology exist. One can clearly see from the photo enlargement that this object has no visible means of propulsion. Mm engines, etc. Quiet, quite extraordinarily and remarkable as to how this object moved and traveled around. He said, I have carried this burden for over 50 years and it's now time to set this free. Yeah, he's got nothing left. He's, I mean, who's going to kill him? He's already dying, right? He's on his deathbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 50 years. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, uh, that's something, definitely something to talk about. And so I think Lindsay already had some articles up, but there was definitely, there, there was a really famous one. I think it was the, maybe it was like the Shag, the Shag Harbor Times or something well, like the that. Times columnist, columnist at newspapers.com. You can see. Yeah, there's this one too. The, the big one was about this UFO thing. Um, it's mostly just a screenshot, but this, this was, this was on the front page of the Times columnist. Saw saucer, saw saucer, same Man. sunk. What, what a Look weird. The typography was so much funner back then. <laughs> Look at mystery object make splash. Like I want every headline to look like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that looks like I keep every time I see that I keep feeling like I'm looking at a at a glass Coke bottle flying through the air with light shining <laughs> on it. Like that, a Sprite or something. There's a, I, um, you can't see it very well, but I think one of the other photos actually had like a, a shadow on the water that you could see it. I don't, mm. I don't think you can see it in this, in this one is clearly, but, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of, it doesn't quite look like the Tic Tac UFO, but it kind of looks like the same, same kind of idea. Right, it's like silverly thing that's just flying about with no propulsion system. So, someone says a milk bottle. A what <laughs> bottle? Say it like only the Ohioans can. Coke. Milk. Oh, milk bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Lindsay said this article came out on your birthday in 1967, October. It did. 7th. It was you know <laughs> a few years before I was born. About 13 years before I was born. Mm -hmm. But yes, that is true. Got milk. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this is uh, this this is kind of known as Canada's 
Roswell in a lot of ways because it was so famous and so many people saw it and there was actually a lot of reports a lot of people called in a lot of people a lot of police were there so it was a uh, it was a lot of people involved and so it wasn't just like a one-off thing and I guess it's pretty common maybe even still to this day to um, see some activity in that area so it makes me wonder if there's like some kind of underground base like the one off California you know mm. Could yeah, could be, could be ours, could be theirs. Never yeah. know. I mean, a lot of those things hide in the ocean too, so not surprising there, but really cool sighting. Okay, but uh, we've got more here before we uh, go over to Rise.TV. We've got a cursed painting that has come back after quite quite a while. Um, this is a crazy story. Yeah, so this this painting was sold in a charity auction last august oh that's definitely got something in it don't look for too long the <laughs> seller assumed that it would be the last they'd ever see of it to their surprise however the painting was returned to the shop the very next day surprise surprise they didn't want it oh why because it's possessed <laughs> so um it's an innocent before... child it's so no, no no there's nothing innocent about that child on that painting <laughs> okay so before too long it had sold again only but it returned a second time a short time later with the new owner complaining that she had witnessed shadow figures in her house after bringing it home that is scary taking advantage of the painting seemingly cursed status the charity shop owner placed it back in the front window with a haunting message she's back sold twice and returned twice are you brave enough dude this is a marketing genius here this side it totally is all right and yeah, then yeah. they then they raise the price to two thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> the fastest way you can haunt your home and the <laughs> where is she from this is great this is what is she from britain so, so oh, at man. this point i was kind of wondering i'm like okay is it really uh is it really haunted or are they just trying to like do this as a gimmick right but Keep you can keep reading about this. Yeah. Okay. So the curse painting soon went viral online, prompting the most recent buyer, James Kislingberry. Oh, that's definitely Britain, managing <laughs> director of the London Bridge Experience, to buy it for over two thousand dollars. For him, the curse began to take effect even before he had picked the painting up. With his car breaking down on the way to the shop, bro, that is not a curse. That is a sign telling you to stay away from that painting. That's what <laughs> that was. That was benevolence, my friend. You might be right about that. I'm, I'm about positive. That. Like that yeah. was a sign for him. Okay. Right. So take just painting. Right. Okay. So after putting the portrait on display, his exhibition, ex, uh, ex exhibition, excuse me, began to suffer all manner of problems ranging from cameras breaking down to flickering lights and TVs randomly shutting off. This is great. <laughs> In one instance, his father-in-law fell ill and his toaster exploded <laughs> while in another Workers claim to have witnessed a mysterious entity in a black skirt within the vicinity of the painting. Wow. Quote, we've had a couple of floods on the site between November and December, said <laughs> Kislingbury. Uh, quote, we came in one morning and the basement was flooded. We've had small leaks in the past, but nothing on this scale. I know a cynic would say it's just a coincidence, but given the volume of things which keep happening, I do find myself questioning whether there's more to the painting than meets the eye. <laughs> well, I want to say something, though, about paintings in general, and this yeah. is for everyone out there, is, you know, this painting has a very acute, like, situation. Like, this is a very serious kind of extreme situation within this painting but all paintings can carry energy like it, this Lindsay, can you just pull it up one more time for people <laughs> this is why you should be really careful when you're actually putting any kind of artwork up in your house because so much artwork carries the messages of the of whatever was on the mind of the original artist and it can have really nasty energy this is why when people get all crazy over van gogh i'm like yo you might want to think twice about that he wasn't all there. I mean, I studied this guy when I was in college, right? And there's mm -hmm. like weird energy on his paintings, but it, it doesn't stop with him or this painting right here. It's like paintings well, have this issue. Well, even though it's this like innocent child, we, we really don't know much. Um, we don't know anything about who this child is or what they grew up to be or 
you know, who the painter is or anything. Who the painter was, what they were doing to this child. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could look, I mean, I'm sure all this information is available. I did, you know, I didn't really go through and look it all up though, but, um, but yeah, the child, maybe not usually in these old paintings, you don't really know who they are. Um, so yeah, it's, (laughs) it's really strange. And actually I, I had a, my, on my Ben Solo show, I did a whole curses, uh, series and in episode one, there's other child paintings that it, that have been known to um, that are totally cursed. And even it's like, for example, there was a home that got burned having one having this painting in their home, and the painting was still there, like it didn't get burned down. And there's other weird stories around this. And there was a few of them and they seem just as innocent. They're like these children in these paintings. Yeah. Fine. And like all this weird stuff has been happening around these paintings. So you want to want to hear a funny story? What's that? This one time I had to. Okay. So the opposite is true too, just to say like what I was saying about paintings. Like if you get a really good painting, it carries the good messages from whatever it was. This is why paintings in the Renaissance are the best on the planet right now. Um, but I think probably when I was like in my early thirties, I had to give this, um, I had to give this presentation on early Renaissance and my whole, like, I actually kind of did it to freak people out a little bit. (laughs) The whole story was around how you can tell what era of the Renaissance you were in by how creepy the babies looked <laughs> and i had like all these pictures of the creepiest babies in the renaissance because they were hysterical to me but some of the some of the people that were in the room like the the some of the females were like legitimately totally freaked out by the babies because you know some of the babies in the renaissance are all like you know that, like that super true. freaky yeah like, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is albert Durr. yeah this is like an angry upset angel what the heck yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have noticed that that the paintings of babies, um, maybe they're just I don't know if they're just moving around too much and or if they can't really no, no. do it. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. The Renaissance painters for a period of time, especially <laughs> the northern Renaissance. That child looks like it's like 50 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, wait, wait. You're you're exactly right. So they look at see this baby. What they would do is they they actually thought it was disrespectful to paint a baby's body that it should look more like a grown man's body. So they would use grown men to like, try to paint, like they would literally pose a grown man and then they would try to paint a small baby. Specifically when it came to Jesus too, because they wanted to be respectful. Right. So it was kind of like a strange, and then they realized over time, like, no, we just, this This is too weird. (laughs) I think it's time to paint a real baby. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. That is really funny. This is like a totally like a 52 year old man or like a 44 year old man that lost his hair. Like this is Dwight Schrute as a baby. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh man. I don't like, even know what that is. It looks like an alien baby. <laughs> it's an alien baby. It looks like ET with a wig on. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so crazy! Wow, learn something every day. Oh, that music must be so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> oh man, some of these are the baby bottom, bottom middle. He is totally giving everybody the peace sign, dude. That looks like Vin Diesel, <laughs> like Babe Diesel, <laughs> baby Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh man, I, 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 those actually that would give you nice nightmares like see a lot of <laughs> women in her class are all freaking out i know uh, okay anyway well you guys i hope you enjoyed today's show we're going to leave rumble and head over to uh and well, facebook Godship world twitter and or x and everywhere else we're streaming and head over to rise.tv um we're going to do our live q a where the for the questions you guys asked in our live chat and along with we have our top 10 weirder news of the week. 
So you definitely don't want to miss that. And remember, we're still having our holiday sales. So for 25% off the yearly subscription, which basically comes out to $7 a month. So rise TV or rise.tv slash holiday. Um, you could go to and yeah. So thank you so much for being with us. And again, you know, your support lets us do these deep dives and bring you the truth that the censors don't want you to hear. So yeah, come, come over, hang out with us. We're going to talk more about this freaky goblin in Argentina and all kinds of weird stuff over here on rise.tv. Uh, and we're going to get into this Q and a where I think the, uh, the questions are going to be pretty solid after this episode. So <laughs> we'll see you guys over there. Uh, ben, yeah, thanks for being here. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, don't forget uh, this, this deal is not going to go on much longer. So if you can, if you can subscribe, please do. We'd really appreciate you guys um, doing so and, and being with us in the next year. All right. Well, we'll see you out on the edge of Rice, Rice TV. TV. You've heard about cursed objects. You've heard about cursed places. What if the stories were real? King Tut's Tomb, Macbeth, The Omen, The Hope Diamond. Curses have fascinated us throughout time. But what if there's more to it? Some legends are just too crazy to ignore. Join Ben Solo as he uncovers the creepy and the weirdest top curses in history. Maybe omens and jinxes aren't so superstitious after all. <laughs>